Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. I'm your boy Buzz, and it is Sunday Fun Day, which you all know that means, man. You gotta crack them, and I'm joined by my dudes, Tony Marchese and Johnny Nani. We are here after a 2 to nothing White Sox victory over the Texas Rangers. The White Sox take another series victory. Guys, we're here after a Sox win, and I feel really good about it. So we're on top of the roller coaster now. How are you guys feeling? I'm right there with you, Buzz. I, I was saying before we came on here, um, three out of four, that's not bad. Some would even venture as far to say that that's good. Um, two series wins in a row, that's good. Um, yeah, I, I'm feeling good as well. So, Tony, how about you, man? That is great, Bob. Instead yeah, of that, it is. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that Buzz, you cracked them. I already cracked mine. I'm enjoying some beers. Three out of four, win another series. Johnny, what did you and I talk about last night? when we were reviewing the White Sox offense just not showing up against a first-time pitcher, and we said, you know, hopefully tomorrow they can do that. I don't think they did it all too well, but they, they got the win here. So, hey, flip the script a little bit, I think, and I'm happy with that. Hey, two runs is better than no runs. Totally. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so that, that's, yeah, uh, definitely uh, there. And, you know, it's not always going to be pretty. We would love to see long balls, no doubt about it. Uh, the home runs are cool and tough. We all know that. Uh, fireworks, we love them. But, hey, it's, it's not always going to be that way. And sometimes you just got to take them how you can get them. And, obviously, it was enough today with how well the uh, pitching performance was from uh, Raylo before he exited early uh, with the flu-like symptoms. And then uh, bullpen A-squad. Uh, hold it down, man. Yeah, it was great. I, like it. I was I was super excited to see Raylo have another good start. Uh, fun fact that we just talked about before we came on the air: since the All Star break, it's like fifty five and two thirds inning pitch or something like that. Raylo's got a two point eight or two point eight two ERA, so uh, he's been great in the second half. Unfortunately, we didn't get to see a lot of him because he had the flu like symptoms, which White Sox Twitter ran with and said he pooped his pants. So I just had a I had to throw that out there because it makes me laugh. And Are I we like sure he laugh. wasn't. Are we sure he wasn't out with Wally money last night? <laughs> hey, well, if he was, he 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 put out a uh, you know he, he fought through that even for those first five innings because I mean he he had no hitter when he exited this thing, man. Yeah, it was upsetting to see him go because I was I was you know clamoring onto that man. I was like, oh my god, this you know this is gonna be great. Something something's good good's gonna happen here. But uh, he did he did exit the game. Aaron Bummer ends up coming in right after him. He does let up a hit, but. I believe this was the first White Sox one-hit game since 2017. I had saw that somewhere. Hmm. So it's pretty awesome stuff, man. I'll take this dub-dub all day long. Absolutely. Yeah, the the one-hit performance, uh, it, that is huge, man. It, that's not even you know, like having threats, really. Uh, I know there were a couple of instances with, uh, you know, Rilo had uh, an error that Tim Anderson committed that put one guy on, um, and then there was a walk right after that uh, in one of the earlier innings. But, there's no damage after that because he struck out uh, the the last um, out that he needed for that inning. So he got a K and got out of that, no problem. So really, honestly, no trouble really even in this game. Not, not even just runs or, uh, you know, actual uh, threats. Johnny, we said it last night. Sundays are for Raylo. Yeah, they are, man. I'm telling you. Sundays are for Raylo. He just it's something about Raylo on Sunday. He, he did everything that we kind of talked into existence last night and, Love to see it, especially if if he was doing this while trying to clench. I mean, <laughs> that's just impressive. Oh no, God, you can't do that while we're, we're already off the rails. Man. We're already oh. off. The rails. Not, not even four minutes. We're already off the rails. 
Oh boy. Um, I know we, we talk about how much we love fireworks. Um, I know we didn't get to experience any today, but I do feel like we should have had some, uh, fireworks for the hundredth RBI for Jose Abreu tonight. Um, or today I should say, I know it wasn't a home run, but I mean, what a milestone again, he's done it. Um, five out of the six seasons that he's been a White Sox player. So, uh, you know, just kudos to him. Congratulations to him. He recorded his 1,000th hit on Saturday um, of his mm-hmm. career. So, you know, just a great overall weekend from Jose Abreu. And though we didn't see fireworks, we'll give him some honorary fireworks for that today. I like I that. Like- yeah, I like that idea, Buzz. Uh, that's a good sentiment for him. And you talk about uh, in almost every season uh, reaching that milestone. The one that he didn't, he was injured for a more extended period of time throughout the year. So you have to imagine maybe he gets there if he's healthy. So uh, very impressive. Congratulations, Jose Abreu. But, guys, I thought RBIs don't matter. Oh, come on. <laughs> they still count them, don't they? I mean, I, to, to me, RBIs are cool and tough. You yeah. got to drive runs in. You got to drive runs in. And the Sox, they they do that quite well in in, uh, in a lot of these situations. Jose Abreu is the guy that comes up and drives runs in. Like you just said, 100 RBIs in almost every single season this guy's played. That's 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 something. It doesn't happen by luck. No, not, not at all. It's absolutely skill. And I, it, it's just been it's been awesome to see him come on. It, it, you know, within these last couple weeks here, he's just been playing out of his mind, recording hits, driving in runs at crucial times and stuff like that. So it's been great. It's been great to see. But overall, this game, you know, besides the offense, I mean, they only got five hits today, but they did, like Johnny said, two runs are better than no runs. And that helped us get the, you know, the dub. And then the bull, the bullpen A squad comes in and helps uh, Raylo pick up his eighth victory on the year. I mean, it was just a good game overall played across the board for the White Sox besides, uh, TA's two errors, which saw Twitter go completely bananas. But uh, other than that, man, I got nothing bad to say about this game. It was a fun one to watch. I'm glad the White Sox picked up the victory and uh, another series win. Uh, they, uh, I believe they, man, in August, I know they're over 500. I just don't have the record pulled up in front of me right now, but they've been playing a pretty good brand of baseball here in August. Yeah, I mean, two series wins in a row. You talked about it, and one of them, you know, being against the Twins to uh, start this whole stretch here. Um, obviously, the Rangers, uh, they're a better team than the White Sox when you look at it on paper, um, record-wise and whatever. So um, good, good to take three of four from them. And I think feel like that gives you some confidence. I know you got an off day, which would be nice to get these guys some rest. Um, like we had talked about when we were previewing the series, I'm kind of glad that off day didn't come like last Thursday and it was only three games this weekend. I feel like that may have killed some of the vibe uh, that we had rolling from uh, that last win in Minnesota um, when Giolito threw a stellar complete game, and we'll get into that a little bit later as well. Um, but I'm kind of glad that the soft day comes, you know, after this series, uh, four games straight through, um, and then the Twins will be back in town. Uh, we, we see them right again. Uh, in, you know, we turn around here, so um, uh, I want to keep it rolling. Um, I don't know about you guys. I mean, I would I do so. have <laughs> I do have one thing that I want to circle back to with Jose Abreu. And that's Jose Abreu in August, as we kind of wind down August here. Jose Abreu in August, 333 batting averages over the course of his career, slugging 580 with a 970 OPS. That is better than any other month for Jose Abreu, like by a lot. No other month of the year does Jose Abreu ever hit above 300. Is there something about Jose Abreu, and this is just kind of a tinfoil hat theory, is that when, you know, actually you could go with this two ways. One, normally around August, 
what what have all of these seasons had in common for the White Sox? They're out of it. They're out of it. And I don't want to call it garbage time, but Jose Abreu seems to show up August and even kind of in September, October here when I'm looking at it, 298. That's the closest he is to, to batting 300 in any other month. Now, the other way that you could look at this is if the Hawks are, or the, the Sox, I'm already thinking about hockey. If the Sox are in the playoff hunt, Jose Abreu in August, September could lead them if he's a better player in the second half towards the end here and, you know, close down a pennant race very nicely for them. We haven't seen that yet, but I just think it's weird when you look at this 333. I mean, all the other months, uh, April, March, uh, 268, May, 271, 292 in June, 291 in July. And then there's that big jump up to 333. Uh, any thoughts on that from you guys? I would just like to see him. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to see the season get extended a little more in a postseason berth to see if he can keep it going. <laughs> you know, it seems like he comes on later in the season. Yeah, t- two sides every coin tone. Obviously, you laid out both scenarios there, uh, possibilities for what that could mean. Um, I think that it, it part of it has to do with the weather and then guys just finding a groove, man. Uh, yep. I know it's weird to like say that. You think that with how many games are already played up until that point. Um, I feel like you really start finally, you know, it's like almost like it's routine then at that point. Um, whereas you may, you may be pressing a little bit. You got some weird off time with the all-star break. And even though, you know, he is playing in the game, you still get like those like few like days off. And then usually there's a West coast road trip, which may screw things up a little bit in uh, July. Usually when we go out on that. So um, it could just be, you know, timing. Um, but that, I think that, that is a good uh, point to make at least observation wise. Obviously we're not going to know until we actually do get into a playoff type uh, hunt situation. But uh, that at least is something encouraging to think about if we're going to take away a positive from that. Yeah, sorry, it's just something that I I actually wanted to go dig up because I just, for, from, in my mind, I always just think that Jose Abreu in August is much better. I wanted to go back. I wanted to look at the stats here and, and toss them out there for everybody. It's It's impressive to see what he's done in the month of August over the course of his career. Absolutely. I think that, you know, the White Sox, I got the record pulled up now. So them going 14 and 11 in August is just a huge testament to how well Jose Abreu and, and the pitching for the most part has been performing this month. And uh, I, you can't help but wonder if T.A. and Yoan would have would have stayed healthy all month as well. I mean, we, we can get into a rabbit hole here and fall into with this team stayed healthy, what would it, what would have it looked like? But 14-11 uh, and 11 in August, and if they go 21-11 and 11 on the rest of the year from here on out, They'll finish 500. So I mean, that's kind of a fun stat too. So no, you're still um, you're still chasing it, Buzz. He's still chasing it. I'm still chasing it. Well, what do we still need? We need one more win to get to what did uh, unprotected Sox say? The nine new under was the new 500. Yes. Oh, okay, okay. I like it. We'll have that chance to do that on Tuesday. Perfect. Perfect. Any you guys have anything else to talk about in this game? Oh, I I actually do. I have one more thing to talk about. Um, Tony, I'm gonna let you tell. You know, say this. You said it before we came on the air here, but thank God for the netting at uh, guaranteed rate. Oh, because I was concerned that Johnny yes. Nani was going to storm the field. I, I was, was too. I, I was. I was concerned for a moment. I was. And, I was very concerned. Yeah, I did. You know, after Lurie got pegged on a bunt attempt, I was like, oh no. And then he stayed down, and we get uh, Ryan Goins is in a pinch runner. I was like, oh, this is not. This is not good. We're going to see Nani on TV here, but Nani attempted. He was caught in the net, and. Uh, 
luckily, luckily he did not have to go after any Texas Rangers because he he was contained. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, one thing I was just say is uh, just the, up, <laughs> the update on that though. Uh, Larry Garcia had uh, X rays and they came back negative, and it was uh, was it a shin contusion uh, that they had uh, put that there. You know what? Um, one thing it sucks. Obviously, he's, he's one of my favorites. I hate to see him go down. I was hoping he could stay healthy all year, but. There is just something that I've noticed. Usually, Larry Garcia goes down a lot earlier in the season with something, whether it be a hand, a, um, you know, a, a strained hamstring, whatever it may be. Usually, he's out for you know a couple of different stints uh, earlier on in the season. So, um, the, I think I know we set out that Astro series pretty much uh, with uh, the Bruce finger, whatever it was. Uh, but other than that, we haven't really seen him out of the lineup for an extended period of time. So ho- hopefully. He is in at some point in this Minnesota series. Uh, honestly, I would probably guess that he's out for sure on Tuesday. Um, that, that's just, I feel like they wouldn't rush him back into that, uh, especially if there's a nice little, uh, you know, uh, bruise that he's got going on there. So um, we'll see. Yeah, it sucks. But, you know, that, that's baseball, man. Sometimes that happens. Yeah, war wounds are cool and tough. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you got a base. You got a base out of it. Yeah. Get on base. I don't care how you do it. Get on base. Um, One one thing that uh, we didn't really talk about, I think it was uh, Hayes had brought it up, about the bunting. We want to talk about the bunting today? I mean, I really don't want to talk about it, but, I mean, we can. I mean, I. Yeah, it's it's one of the questions. Let's get to it. All right. He he says, "I, I need to hear some takes on all the bunting with two strikes today. He said, for what it's worth, I yelled, Ricky, stop bunting. He looked right at me. So we'll see. He listened come Tuesday. <laughs> well, it, I'll start. Um, bunting is not cool and tough. No. On two strikes, it's definitely not yeah, cool and tough. Yeah, there you go. So um, I don't like it. And I'm, <laughs> I'm not surprised because, you know, it just seems to happen a lot. But, uh, yeah, I don't like it. So I'm glad that he he told Ricky to knock it off, and maybe Ricky will listen to him. I I actually doubt that, but we can hope. Please don't bunt on two strikes, please. Um, I, it would be my preference that they don't bunt at all. But there are, you know, I was talking with this a little bit with uh, B-Flow from the 108 today when I was down in the section, and there are a few guys on this team that actually it's probably not the terrible play when you're talking about Yulmer Sanchez and yep. those types. Um, definitely, you know, what my thing is, I hope that in this, you know, going forward here in the future, we don't even have any of those types of guys. So we don't even have to worry about that to where that bunting would be the better option. Hopefully everybody can hold their own and hit uh, for a decent average and, you know, able, be able to drive in runs or move runners along by putting the ball in play uh, and not having to lay one down. So um, that's just my hope going forward. And uh, I, I hope at least when the talent's there that Ricky would not make decisions like that, especially come on two strikes. That That's like, Honestly, that that feels like little league stuff. Like it, you're out if you follow it off with two strikes. Like it, it's it's really really not that hard of a concept. So um, why are we doing this? Drove me insane when Jay got a strikeout on it today. I I, I was irritated. I'm not. Just get, you're just giving away outs. So right. that's why I, that's why I hate it. Yeah, can't do that. It's it's just. You guys covered it very well. There's there's no reason to bunt on two strikes. I think Yolmer is like the only guy that got one down at all this year on a two strike count. Um, 
yeah, there's there's no reason to do that. And and Johnny, you brought up a good point in your conversation with with Beef Loaf that there there are some guys in this team that that bunting might be the better play, because um, a you don't want to ground into a double play or strike out and just give out and out that way either. So at least putting the ball in play, I think for for some of these guys might be a a better option. But like you said, um, let's hope that we don't have those types of guys going forward. I think that's a really good way to put it. Yeah, that's just my bottom line on it. And right now, honestly, even with this team, even uh, the only there's still even with how, you know, kind of crappy some of them are. Only Angle and Yomer would be the ones that I would still even, you know, do that with. I would shit. I would still let Ryan go and swing, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, I would I would probably let go and swing as well. I mean, the guy isn't. Yeah, world beater, but he's not a world beater. But at the same point in time, he still has his extra base hits. You know, we saw one yeah. yesterday. Um, you know, he's he can hit the ball into the gaps. He can hit the ball into the corner, and he can move too a little bit. So, I don't, I don't, I don't think that uh, he's necessarily a bunt only option type guy. You know, I don't care if we're if we're bunting in a run in a tight situation, and that 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 bunt gets the run across, and we we wind up winning a game from that. I'm all about winning games in any way possible, but just giving away outs throughout it is kind of counterproductive, in my opinion. That's where I stand on that bunting. The thing is, it just decreases your win probability at a certain point. So um, just play the numbers a little bit better. That's all I've got on that. Ricky doesn't care about the numbers, man. (sighs) (laughs) All right. That was coming. Okay, uh, we want to get into some questions here. Uh, sure, sure. Let's keep going. These other topics. All right, uh, we, we had another one here. Uh, Jordan Miller, um, he says, Lurie has been a very versatile, uh, quality, top-of-the-order everyday player this year. If Eloy is still in left field, Robert most likely in center field, where do you see he fits next season with guys like Puig, Ozuna, Castellanos, et cetera, available in free agency? It's a good question, Jordan. Which way do you want to go with this? Uh, you, uh, Tony, go ahead and take it first, then go to Buzz. Um, Lurie is your utility guy because Yomer Sanchez has no place on this roster next year. And that's assuming that you end up signing a free agent. If not, maybe he slots in as your right fielder. But, you know, we saw times this year where Tim Anderson was out for an extended period of time and Garcia becomes your everyday shortstop. Um, I think uh, there's also an option that if you don't figure something out at second base, maybe that's a spot for him as well. Um, I like his bat in the lineup. I really do. I'm not saying he should be your leadoff hitter, but if he's your ninth hitter and you got somebody else that's at the top of the order, um, you kind of play that whole two leadoff guys. Um, I think that, you know, 283 right now on the year, I mean, that's that's very serviceable in the major leagues. Um, and he, he can play all over the field. There's definitely a spot on the roster for this guy. You just, he, he's a gamer, man. He, he, comes out there every day and, and seems to give it almost 100%. You know, I liked him in left field over the past few days more than I liked Eloy. Um, so I'll give it that. Um, you know, just he gets the ball in quick. He plays good defense all, all over the field. I, I just, I don't want to see him outed. But at the same point in time, you know, if, if he becomes a super utility guy, I think it makes this roster so much more dangerous. Just because if you're giving him you know, even four to five starts a week, you're still going to get great production out of him. Buzz, I'll turn it over to you. Uh, I have to just kind of echo what you just said. So if we strike out on an Ozuna or a Puig or Casanellas or someone like that, 
you know, I, I'd like to see Lou Reed in right field. I think he's definitely earned it. Um, you know, he, he plays a good brand of baseball. He hustles. You know, he's he's getting on base, you know, at a good clip, hitting the ball at a good clip. I, I can't say anything bad about the guy. And, again, to echo what you just said, if Madrigal isn't ready or however, you know, Rick Hahn decides to to do that next year and say hypothetically we do sign a uh, a right fielder, such as Puig or Ozuna or Casanellos, you know, and, and we can move Lurie over to second base until we figure out what we're doing over there, then I'm fine with that. You know, Lurie, uh, he's a super utility guy. He can play pretty much every position on the field. And uh, I, I like him. I like him a lot. Um, I'm just not going to, and I'm not trying to like play Debbie Downer here or anything or negative, <laughs> negative Nani or whatever you want to call it. But <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to hold my breath on signing somebody. And I've done that before and I've been let down and um, yeah, I, but again, I, I like to see him, you know, have a place on this team. And like you said, when injuries pop up, like when we lose TA, God forbid we lose, you know, Mankata or God, you know, God forbid we don't have second base figured out. He He's a, he's a guy that you could plug in there and I'm totally cool with that. Yeah, good, good points by both of you guys. Uh, and I think you covered most of it. Uh, my closing thoughts on that would be that, Ideally, in my mind, he is that super utility guy, and that's great because he's super versatile. He can play pretty much any position. Um, I, I think, honestly, even in a pinch, he could play first base if you really got down to it and, like, the end of a crazy game with injuries and whatever. Uh, but anyway, so, yeah, those spots that you had mentioned, plugging him in, uh, center, right, second base, uh, all, all definitely viable options. And I would like to see that him just, you know, filling in there. That would be ideal because that would mean that we have found a solution uh, in right field which would be huge. But um, like Buzz said, not going to hold my breath. Um, on, as much as I would love to see Nick Castellanos, Manning right fielder, uh, Marcelo Zuna, um, somewhere out there uh, in the outfield, I just don't think it's going to happen. I don't see it. Um, I feel like someone else snatches them up first. Uh, it may be someone who is a little more sure of being ready because obviously we're still kind of on the fringe of his 2020 yeah. competing year. Is it not um, just laying out the realistic uh, elements of it? And uh, I feel like it's just, you know, uh, not going to hold my breath. So I, I would honestly, then if, if we're going with that route, I would honestly uh, say center field to start the year because they're going to hold Luis Robert down for service time and whatever um, center field to start the year. And then and maybe over to right uh, after that. So uh, that's my realistic outlook on uh, Larry Garcia's future in Chicago. And like Tony had said, no more Yomer Sanchez. So uh, definitely utility guy as well. Um, that does it for uh, questions, guys. Um, one topic, Buzz, that you had said beforehand, um, we, we got into it a little bit on a postgame show uh, Wednesday, but uh, I, I think Lucas Giolito's complete game uh, is the next uh, topic of discussion here. Uh, you can go ahead and start it off, Buzz. Yeah, so Lucas Giolito's complete game against the Twins was phenomenal. He had nine, you know, went nine innings, uh, complete game shutout, 12 strikeouts. I believe he had one walk. I don't have the stats pulled up in front of me, but he he looked absolutely dominant. Uh, he looked great, and then he's going to pick us up on Tuesday again against the Twins. So, I again, Giolito's been great. I mean, pretty much three of our starting pitchers have been great in the second half with Giolito, uh, Ronaldo, and Nova. So, I I expect this from Giolito. I mean, obviously not a nine game, you know, nine inning uh, complete game shutout every single time, but he's just been phenomenal. And it's great to watch him doing it against one of the most potent offenses in the MLB. Absolutely. And 
you know, we've talked so much about Lucas Giolito this season on this show. We've covered him since the beginning of uh, his tenure, basically, with the White Sox over on Chai Sox Weekly. Um, and Janda and I and, and Johnny and just the improvement that he made. And I was really worried that it was just going to be a, a really good first half, especially when he came out and he, sh- he had those struggles, you know, in July. And then, you know, we talked to Jordan Lazowski over on Chai Sox Weekly, and he's like, nah, this is just a blip. The mechanics didn't change. And, you know, there's that's absolutely correct. I mean, he just came back out and turned it around. It was just a blip on the radar. And the guy's back looking like a Cy Young again. It's it's amazing. I mean, I mean, Chris Sale wasn't even doing some of the stuff that Lucas Giolito was, has been doing this year when he was in a White Sox uniform. That's incredible. That's amazing to, to think that this guy just turned it around. And, you know, he's always had the stuff, you know, former top prospect. And... Man, I, I'm just I'm so happy with it, even though I'm not allowed to like it. <laughs> <laughs> not allowed. Classic. There it comes again. Uh, Lucas Giolito, though, um, great. I think Buzz uh, had uh, taken part of the point that I wanted to make. Uh, I can expand on it, though. Um, doing it against a top AL club like like the Minnesota Twins uh, earlier in the year. And I know people are going to point to no Bregman, no Tuve in the lineup when they did it. But against the Astros, same deal. Um guy can show that he can pitch with the best of them and against the best of them. Um, I, I don't care about that. Those two guys weren't in the Houston lineup. They still have plenty of firepower with Carlos Correa, uh, Yuli Gurriel. Um, you, you go up and down. They are plenty of guys that can still hit in that lineup when those guys are out. And uh, he did it to them, uh, did it to a twins team that had absolutely shellacked the White Sox the night before. Um, I, uh, I was just super impressed by it. So I, that's why I just kind of wanted to circle back on it and uh, give it the props it deserves. Because first of all, you know, complete games are super rare, man. Um, in today's day and age, I, I know it used to be a much more common occurrence, um, but, but that was, it's just so, so much different with all the um, insistence on bullpen and using matchups strategically. Uh, I like seeing a good old fashioned ass kicking on the mound where you just say, I'm going to take the ball and I'm going to shove it up yours. And we're going to get out of this thing real quick. Uh, you know, no problems at all. Uh, no damage. And <laughs> it's just a thing of beauty, man. Uh, I may be a little bit, uh, a little meatball there as in, oh, you know, all my pitchers want them to go the complete games and yada, yada, and pitch the arm falls off, whatever. Um, it's just nice to see every once in a while because it is so rare. Well, I totally agree with that. I mean, Johnny, what's the definition of an ace? I mean, in my, de- my definition of an ace is somebody who gets the job done no matter who the opponent is, and they're your stopper. If you're bleeding, when they come through the rotation, they end the losing streaks. They go up against the best of the best, and they shut him down. And Lucas Giolito has done that um, consistently this year. You, you just mentioned it with the Twins. You know, I want this guy to just absolutely dominate the AL Central for the next five to ten years in a White Sox uniform. And that would be absolutely fantastic if he can do that and if he continues to do that. And we get guys like Cease and Kopech also right behind him uh, doing the same thing. Man, this rotation could be a force, especially if you add to it. That's, you know, mm-hmm. a conversation yeah. for a later point in time. But, you know, you've got a really good head start here if Lucas Giolito can continue this over the next two, three years. 
I want the White Sox rotation to be as scary as one like the Houston Astros is now. You know what I'm yes. saying? Yeah. Uh, where it's, it's, it's just murderer's row of the pitching mound. <laughs> That's really what I want. Like with all those guys that you had just mentioned, supplement it from with outside help, free agent wise or trade, um, whatever it takes. I want it, us to be that hard to beat. Yeah. You want people to be looking at these matchups and saying, like, oh, shit, they got Giolito going. And I think we're we're starting to get to that point. Mm hmm. You know where it's, you know, God, when we were when we were there at the ballpark for that that double header or whatever, and we're sitting there like, ha, ah, Garrett Cole, or you know, what I mean, it's just like mm -hmm. I want people to have that same type of feeling when they're in the ballpark and Gilito's coming up to pitch in an opposing stadium. That's how it should feel. How cool would it feel to have like, you know, how when you look at Houston, just since we're using them as an example, like when you're like, okay, cool, man. So we got a three game set. We're going up against Verlander, Cole cranky and you're just like damn <laughs> you know oh, this is gonna yeah. be rough like how cool would it be to have something like that that you know here on the south side with you know a giolito a kopeck you know maybe an ace if we could add a garrett cole like that'd be super dope you know but i mean you know mm -hmm. realistically a giolito kopeck and a cease and then if rodan comes back who wasn't pitching bad before he got hurt he's pitching really good i mean we, we there's the potential there of our lineup, just like you just said, not need to piggyback off you, is being a murderer's row and being yeah, scary yeah. as hell. Yeah. So, I mean, it's something cool to look forward to, you know? Scary rotations are very cool and tough. Very, very, very much so, Tony. Uh, I think that's a good way to end that little segment there. Uh, we, we just had to touch back on that because, like Buzz had mentioned, uh, Giolito will be throwing game one on Tuesday against the Twins. Uh, before we do get into preview that game, uh, I think we said we were going to get back to the meatball takes uh, today, guys. Um, and, and we had a couple of them from this week. Um, so one thing that kind of hits back at uh, us talking about a little bit of bunting, I know that was more scenario-wise that Hayes had asked us to answer. But uh, Sal, White Sox Sal, says, I can't wait until small ball takes us to three titles in four years. And that, he said that, I believe that was what, Thursday night or something like that. Um, <laughs> guys, comments <laughs> uh, I, I, if that's the case you know i wouldn't be surprised baseball does go in cycles you know the 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 juiced ball era may not last forever um we have to be realistic of that obviously um if you start to look at that as a whole um you know some of the statistics that these guys are are you know raking up right now uh may not be the same case in two or three years you never know um but i don't think it's hard for me to sit here right now in 2019 and be like, yeah, small ball is going to get it done. But in the teams that are well-rounded in hitting home runs and also moving runners along still win ball games. You know, I, I don't think that there's, in my opinion, I don't think that there's anything wrong with being able to move a runner along and, and get them in. If you have the pitching behind it, we just talked about, you know, the murderer's row of pitching you can go put a few runs on the board early. You set yourself up in a good spot to win a ball game. And I'm not saying that small ball is going to take you all the way. Obviously, home runs are awesome. I love fireworks. I love seeing the ball. But at the same point in time, you know, I don't always consider small ball to be just bunting. You know, getting the sack fly in when you've got a runner on third and one out. Yeah, honestly, I'd rather see you hit the ball in the gap and hit a double and keep the line moving. But we talk about being opportunistic all the time, Johnny, and you have to get the runs across the plate. You know, it, it's not just 
bunting a guy over. It's, like I said, hitting the sack fly. It's hitting the ball to the right side of the field. You know, if you've got that runner on third, get him in. Doing stuff like that, it adds up over the course of the year, and especially if it's early in a ball game. We talked a little bit about it the other day. Get runs on the board early, and pitchers pitch a little bit more comfortably. That's what I consider more of the small ball that could lead you to some of these victories. I still think that that has a place in this game. That's just my take. Oh, I mean, I kind of agree with that. I mean, baseball is like you love to say all the time, Tony. Baseball is a weird sport, but I'm all for small ball leading. Whatever gets us three titles in four years, hey, I'm signing right now. Sign sign me up. Even though it was a meatball take, I don't think that's actually going to happen. But, you know, that'd be dope. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I mean, hell, I I would probably take anything that gets us that. Yeah, like you said, sign me up. Uh, I I don't, Sal, though, if we're going to, like, talk about this, uh, like, Tony, I think, gave great analysis of it. um, And I... I think that it can be a maybe a little bit of a guiding, stabilizing force in games where you know you're not going to hit home runs every game. Yep. Uh, you're, you're not you're not going to hit gappers every game. It's just the, the way baseball works. Uh, so I think it can be a supplement there. Um, but I would hope that uh, when we do use it, it is like Tony had said, opportunistic, and we just have enough talent with other guys. Uh, you know, Yoan Mankata having all-star MVP type caliber seasons, uh, Luis Robert being a total freak of nature, um, and, and those guys just driving the ball. And then maybe like your role players uh, do come in and uh, you know the, play the play the, more of the small ball role. And those guys when when they absolutely need to, um, when you do need to get a job done, uh, you get a guy over or whatever it is. Um, ho- hopefully that is the case, and it, it is a supplemental thing. So uh, that that would be my thing. I want to have enough talent to you know be able to put the ball in the ballpark, put the ball in the gaps, uh, use their speed to steal bases, all that kind of stuff. So um, supplemental is going to be my word for that. Um, all right, we're, we're going to go to mine now because uh, I had one. I kind of went off on Saturday. I was just thinking about things, and I said the White Sox should absolutely start rushing the development of their prospects next year because the player development department sucks. Team needs to capitalize on their contention window, and fans deserve to see a winner. Uh, may have got a little, you know, uh, hot-headed on it, but uh, I think we're just a little impatient, guys. Johnny, this is something that you and I have been talking about all damn year, man. You know, if you if yep. you go back and you read the chat history between Johnny and I, and even even uh, Buzz Kinsler, everybody who's been involved in this show. You know, we talked about it with Johnny. We talked about it with everybody. We talked about it with Pete Hand. We talked about it. Nonstop, um, it, you know, the, the frustration reaches a boiling point, and sometimes you just have to, you know, throw the meatballs in, cook them up nice and good, slap them on a plate, and put them out there for the world. Very spicy, Johnny. I think those meatballs were very spicy, because the White Sox, if you go back and look at it, we talk about ah, we rush this guy all the time. You know, the Gordon Beckham thing that happened. You know, we see. Gordon the Beckham come up a little early. Yeah, the one time. But he I don't think he's the only one. Carson you know, Fulmer is another Fulmer one. Up. Yeah, that's a, that was the name I was going to next. Um, you know. Yeah. I started the thing. thing. I got, got, a little, it a little hot, but, you know, it, it was there. They were they were spicy. I think I think you, you put a little bit too much into it to make it just so hot that, you know, it was just a little spicy burn. But it was a good spice, I think. Yeah, no, I. Good spice. I, I'm setting myself up with a plate, Johnny. I'm getting some Parmesan cheese, and I'm sprinkling it on there, bro. Yeah. You know, you know why? Because you have guys like – I know you were a little hot. You, like you just said, you're a little hot-headed about it. You put the take out there for everybody to see, but, I mean – it. It's not I, wrong. 
it's not wrong because you're looking at a guy in Luis Robert who's 30-30 in the minors through three different systems this year. You know, like, and then how, like, we always like to say about how when we bring our prospects up, you get a Yoel Mankata situation or this year, like an Eloy Jimenez situation, right? Where they're struggling. And then you have that window of contention that you keep talking about. And you want it, you know, you're just clamoring for it, man. You want it. You know, you want it so bad. So you want those struggles that might come, like we've seen with our other top prospects. You want those and be non-existent for the time that we're starting to get competitive in winning games. I ran out of breath there. I got so upset. But, I mean, you know, I, I kind Take of agree with it. I, 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 I'm almost out of beer. I'm, I'm trying to – I'm just – I'm sipping. I, I have no beer left. <laughs> you didn't come prepared for Sunday fun day. Well, I mean, I have like, you know – yeah, no, I didn't come prepared at all, man. I, I drank a lot yesterday, and then, you know, I drank a lot today. And Johnny, what did and you say that. about preparation the other day? Oh, I uh, prior proper planning prevents piss poor performance, Buzz. There we go. Well, you, you guys know me. I don't, I don't play in schnit. <laughs> so, yeah. but I, I, uh, I do agree with your, your spicy meatball take to a certain extent there, Johnny. I'm willing to to uh, fight with words about that because I, I know it was spicy and you, had a, you were hot-headed, like you said about it, but I, I, I tend to agree with it. Yeah. You know? uh, thanks, guys. I, I appreciate it. I just wanted to circle back on it uh, really quick. And one thing is, I think the biggest thing is me just, you know, I also put one below it that I said, you know, I'm sick and tired of watching grainy ass highlights from Charlotte of Luis Robert doing all this awesome stuff down there. I just want to see it on South Side, man. And I want to start the accl- acclimation process. Rick Hahn had said, even in his own words, it can help guys if they, you know, figure out, you know, when the team leaves for flights, you know, when they come to the park for batting practice, stretch, whatever it is. Getting, uh, you know, used to all of that kind of stuff, day to day stuff of being a professional. Um, I mean, it's a lot different than the minor leagues, obviously. That can help start that process. And then obviously, just start the lumps on the field now, man. Um, I know they're probably going to, at this point, they're saving it for the, the extra year. So we won't even see them at the beginning, the, the very beginning of the season. It'll have to be whatever it is, April 12th, 15th, whatever the day is. Uh, um, that usually becomes more clear when it gets closer uh, to that time. So um, unfortunately, that's probably what it's going to be. But, man, I'm just ready for it. I think that was why I put it out there. So um, did you have one more thing, Tony? I feel like I kind of cut you off. Yeah, no, I wanted to move into something here because, you know, you talked about, you know, the, your peas there and coming prepared to the ball game. And I wanted to get into a little bit of a different topic here off of the meatball take, uh, maybe meatball take. But uh, this this came from uh, a Hayes tweet where he talked about how to keep your phone charger or how your phone keep your phone charged all the way through a White Sox game. And you brought up the backpack, and I want to I want to hone in on the importance of bringing a backpack to a White Sox game and let everybody know that that's cool and tough, in my opinion, because Absolutely. you listed off like a hundred different things mm-hmm. that you can bring in your backpack that's cool and tough and prepared, you know. So yeah. I want to give Buzz a little bit of a lesson on how to come prepared to a White Sox game. Yeah. So Johnny, it, it, let's talk about what you bring in that backpack. Yeah, absolutely, Tony. And, and, you know, it, it is a little ballpark hack. I, I didn't, like, when I, before I got, like, the ticket plan, I didn't really uh, have all that stuff. Maybe I'd bring a water or two. But uh, now with, you know, being there all the time and uh, trying to, you know, keep people in the loop, if you want to take a video of something cool going on or whatever, sometimes that'll drain the battery on the phone. So that, that is where the topic from Mr. Hayes came up. Um, so he asked, how do you keep your phone charged at a game? And I have these handy-dandy little portable chargers. I'm going to show it to you guys right here. It's in the bag, but, you know, you can see the little green block. Um, and I bring, you know, an iPhone cable with it. 
Uh, keep that in a plastic bag because you don't. If it rains, you don't want it to get wet. I uh, put that in the backpack. Uh, put it, if it's going to be cool or uh, rainy, sweatshirt or jacket, whatever that is. Uh, peanuts and seeds, absolutely necessary if you're drinking beers at the ballpark. Uh, you got you got to have some snacks, um, and then also hand sanitizer. That's huge. Uh, koozies and um, what else am I forgetting? Um, yeah, honestly, I think that might be it. Uh, but yeah, that's that's like a full pretty, that's like yeah. a full ballpark like survival kit. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so so Buzz is bringing the backpack cool and tough. Oh, sure, it's cool and tough. But oh, I mean, sun, sun, sunglasses and sunglass case too. That's ooh, there ah. you go in there. Yep. Yeah. That's so fun. I mean, it's it's definitely ooh, and cool sunscreen. and tough. You, brought, you bring sunscreen in there as well. Oh, I do. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Not night games, but yeah, day games for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely cool and tough, man. But, I mean, you guys know how I am when I'm at a game. Number one, I'm going to forget to bring – I would pack the backpack the night before because you guys told me to do it, and I would do it because you guys told me to, and then I'd forget it when I got to the game. And then my phone will die, and then I'll wander off like I usually do, and then I'll be gone for six innings while you guys are like, where the hell did Buzz go? I mean, it's just usually how these things work. So, But, I mean, definitely cool and tough and a good hack. I, 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 I respect the hustle. We need to get a leash for Buzz. We oh, do. Come on. <laughs> You know those child leashes that they have? Yes. Can we yes. put Buzz on a child leash next time? This we'll is like something that was brought up. The 108. This is something that was brought up on a Sunday soak, uh, probably about a month ago or so ago. Was that I, I think it was Beeflo for Cherizi had said that I always disappear, and I don't know where the hell I go, but I just go so hard before we get into the stadium because I'm so cheap and I don't like to buy ten dollar beers. I go so hard before we get in there that I need to. I need to make sure I eat a hot dog and then I'm ready to usually go again. But then I disappear. I don't know where the hell I go. I've never really realized that I disappear for that many innings until like multiple people have told me about it. Hence the need for the leash. Yeah. You're just proving our point here. Yeah. I just, I want to get one with a little child harness on it. And then maybe, you know, like Like a monkey or something. Yeah. Like one of those. That'd be cool. I could do like little tricks and stuff outside of the stadium, maybe get some beer money. Well, you know, can we walk you around the concourse on the leash? Yeah, that's fine. We could do that. I think it'd be good. Yeah, maybe. get a little bowl of beer. I'll just, you know, go and <laughs> drink. <laughs> drink the bowl of beer, you know what I'm saying? Put it in the, yeah, put it in like the helmet. The, you know, yeah, like the super it, helmets. <laughs> I, I'm just imagining, I'm imagining a time where we lose Buzz because his phone's dead. And we have to like go to security, and there's like this big thing up on the board, you know, like mm-hmm. missing missing child goes by yeah. Buzz. You know, if if you're responsible for him, you know, please meet us at the guest services desk. A little dis <laughs> a little disclaimer at the bottom would just say, "Don't yeah. chase," because he will run. You know, <laughs> and and part of the problem is is that he has no idea where we are. You know, yeah. it, I could just see this happening. For some reason, very easily. Oh, I mean, it's happened at other sporting events where I've been, I've gotten myself lost due to alcohol. You know, lost my phone in a cup of cheese. Um, you know, disappeared. How do you lose your phone in a cup of cheese? Well, I mean, if we're gonna do story time, that's fine. So it was a, it was a uh, Bears Vikings game. And I was with uh, the Juice Man, and he went to go say hello to his family up in his section. I was in my section. He was only gone for about twenty minutes. Guess he came back, and I was gone. Um. He found me walking on, you know, walking around the stadium. I had no idea where I was. I guess I was on the other, I was in the south end zone and I sit in the north end zone. So he found me at the south end zone. He goes, I've been trying to call you. And I'm like, yeah, I lost my phone. He goes, 
well, let's go get it. I can't go get it. And I just said, I don't want to go get it. I'm going to go home. I need to go to bed. I'm done. You know, I was completely just done. So, so he backtracks, he goes and he finds my phone in my nacho cheese that I had gotten. I got some nachos and some cheese and that's where he found my phone. (laughs) 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 So, I mean, you know, (laughs) yeah, just a bunch of ridiculous events happen usually when I've been drinking and, uh, you know, I don't hurt anybody or, or hurt myself. I just get lost, and then, you know, I usually lie down where I look as comfortable, and then I'll wake up eventually, and I'll be ready to go again. Were were you were you one of those kids that ran away all the time? I was never home, so yeah. Like in a store, I could just imagine how hard it was to keep track of you. Oh, my wife loses me at Walmart or Target all the time. Yeah, right I, I would assume that that still happens. All right, yeah. so we're get, so we are getting Buzz a child leash. Maybe we should maybe we should put this up to Twitter. We'll 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 find some options. We'll we'll do a poll, yeah. and we'll go in on this child leash, and Buzz can wear it around the stadium next time we're there. Fantastic! Yeah. If we can get one that's like White Sox themed, that would be cool and tough. Yeah, it, we we definitely look for it, um, guys. I, I enjoyed story hour there. Um, Buzz, you, should take, <laughs> you should take you should take some notes for me on how to be prepared for a game, uh, even prepared for a podcast. So, <laughs> um, all right, Shit, let, right, let's let's move to let's move in though. Uh, uh, we've got Minnesota Twins coming into town, as I had mentioned, and Lucas Giolito will be on the mound for Game One. Uh, that series starts Tuesday night, uh, seven ten first pitch from the South Side. Um, We've got, you know, Gio for the White Sox, uh, Michael Pineda, Pineda Buzz. <laughs> um, yeah. also, he looks like a Pineda. It was also alcohol-driven, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, you crack him during a nine-inning game, and then, you guys know me about, better than anybody. I only eat, like, one time a day, so if I have not eaten yet, it's, it's pretty much just game over. You know, thankfully today I had a pot pie before we came on the air. So I'm, I'm somewhat that's, sober now, but yes, I did, say, I did say Pineda. Sorry. So, oh next, no, I, I next time I said we we gotta belittle them, they belittle the opponent. Now, oh, John, no, next time, back. next time we go, next time we go to the game, Johnny, just remember he doesn't eat, so pack him food. Okay. Yeah, you can bring in outside food. I know my sack summer has tried to bring in a full pizza before, but you do need to have it in plastic see-through bags. That's a one catch on the food. But yeah, you can bring in food, so um, that that could be definitely an option for Buzz going forward. I feel um, like a damn degenerate right now. <laughs> you know, like, I feel just like a degenerate. I feel like a like oh yeah, who who's that kid in the you know who's that man in 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 the child harness? Oh, that's our friend Buzz because we're worried about that he's just gonna wander off like a dumbass. <laughs> I was like, Not worried he will wander off. He doesn't my, my, have it. My, my free and street cred is taking a horrible hit right now. Can we a... get him one of those? Like we're gonna do like an on tap shirt, and it's like if if found, please contact at on tap sportsnet. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that. I'm a little embarrassed. <laughs> Embarrassing. All right, Michael Pin Pin Pinata, as Buzz likes to call him. Yeah, no, it's yeah. Tw- twins are in town. Um, man, they uh, we had. I'm trying to just like put it into words because I'm still kind of shocked uh, that we took two of three from them last week, guys. Let's uh, do it again. I'm ready to do it again. I would love to see that. Um. We overall, I mean, I know it's uh, we we had really Tigers Royals heavy earlier on um, in the season, 
but now we are getting more into the twins heavy portion of the schedule and we had all been worried about that uh come you know <laughs> end of like june when i think we had them first time finally coming to the south side um but now with lucas giolito on the mound guys i, I actually feel pretty confident going in on tuesday not gonna lie i i feel confident with you johnny um i think he's just gonna I think he's going to rebound off that last great start that he had against the Twins, and I think he's going to be super effective again. You know, I mean, that that's all I have to go off of. He's been great all year. I don't see any reason why he won't be great again tomorrow. I, obviously, not everybody's always on their A game, but Lucas, you know, like you had pointed out earlier in the show, had a little bit of a rough stretch there in July, and he's rebounded really well, and, he, you know, maybe he's in the Twins' head, and he's going to come out tomorrow, uh, Tuesday night, I'm sorry, and he's going to do the same thing, so... I mean, it might not be, you know, step-by-step the same thing, but he's going to have an effective quality start that helps the White Sox pick up a dub. So six strikeouts away from 200. I've got tickets to both uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. I'm really hoping that we see him hit that 200 on Tuesday. Um, I, that's just If you told me going into this year that Lucas Giolito was going to have 200 strikeouts, I mean, would, would either of you put big better guy money on this? I wouldn't have. Um, I pegged him to still have a fairly high ERA. Um, I, last season just left me with little confidence. So going in, no, I absolutely not. I absolutely would not have put money on it, Tone. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm just, I'm. It'll be so cool to see him hit that. So I'm hoping that that's what happens on Tuesday. Um, but I, I think, like we just talked about, your stopper, your guy that you know is going to go out there and give you a good chance to win, and you know it's. The last two games, obviously, the Sox have only scored two runs. It's time for the bats to wake back up. You got the off day. Everybody's going to try and get rested, recharged, uh, come into this series. We've talked about how well the Sox have just played opponents who are better than them, uh, top-tier guys um, in, the, in the league. So this should be a really good ball game is, is what I'm hoping for here. And the writing's on the wall. You got Lucas Giolito on the mound. You should be confident going into this one. And uh, I like our chances in it. I, I've got I, one I question for you guys. Um, let's. We don't know for sure yet. We're, we're just playing a speculation game here. But say Lurie Garcia is out for Tuesday's game, if they're going to give him a couple days off to rest that uh, shin, who bats leadoff? I, I wonder I wonder if they do like a – I mean, who, I, who would I like to see or who I think is going to? You can give me both. I, I, I'd like to see Tim Anderson and Yoan Mankata go one and two. I don't know about you guys. I think that'd be pretty cool and tough. You know, Moncada got some time in the leadoff spot, but I feel like a really Ricky Renteria move is to put like Adam Angle oh, up God. in the in the one spot. That is and a pretty Ricky move. So you know, like you said, who do I want to see versus who's a realistic guy going up there? You know, Ricky's gonna pull some shit like going with like John Jay or Adam Engel and and nobody's going to like it. But like you said, I think Tim Anderson is, is a good leadoff guy option here. Um, you know, I've got my reservations about doing that. I don't feel like he walks enough and I could do a whole 30 minutes. I think on Tim Anderson and walking. Um, I think stone even brought it up on the broadcast today, but um, you know, the batting average plays the speed plays. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like for some reason, if that's the case, we're going to get like John Jay or, or Adam Angle up there. Johnny, I don't, I don't know about you. I, I was going to say realistic prediction, probably John Jay. 
Uh, that, that's just my guess. If, like I said, this is all if Flurry's not in. Uh, we're just playing hypotheticals here. But um, I would probably, you know, this kind of leaves me. I'm still up in the air about this one too. I'd probably like to see Yo on there. Uh, because early, I don't know if you guys remember way earlier in the season, it was like April or something. Uh, Ricky had said that, you know, oh, Johan will probably get some chances at, at the leadoff spot again this year. Probably not as frequently as he did last year, but um, here we are. Uh, it, it could be an opportunity for him if Fleury's out. Um, the only question that I would have then is how does that kind of uh, under the rest, the rest of that middle yeah. of the order? You know what I'm saying? He's kind of more of a rock there right now at four and probably your best option there, so... You know, it took so long to get him <laughs> in the four spot. And I feel like this is a really inopportune time for this to happen because, yeah, you know, it's just the, the lineup shuffling has been something this year. And, you know, we, we were stuck on this for such a long time. Um, and finally, I feel like we've gotten a good like one through five, one through six. I don't really care about where they all bat as far as like one, one through five, as long as they're your best guys, because you want them having the most at bats. I mean, that's just, it's simple to me, you know, have those guys up there, but it took so long to get that one through five, one through six figured out that I'm worried that now all of a sudden, you know, it's like we, we put him up there and then we got Matt skull batting fourth and striking out three or four times. That's not what I want to see happen. Yeah, me either. That's why I just brought up the concerns of how does that unearth the rest of the lineup there and what would fill in uh, if Johan moves from four to one. So um, interesting. We will see. Hopefully Lurie's just in. We don't even have to worry about that. But I did want to play the hypothetical because uh, that could be the case. So um, let's get into picks to click. Um, but before we do that, who, who are picks to click brought to you by? Our picks to click are brought to you by secondcitypicks.com. You can follow them on Twitter at secondcitypicks. Be sure to do that. They do all sorts of fun activities where you can predict the score of the game on secondcitypicks.com. And if you do so correctly, you can win a gift card to a fine eating establishment in the Chicagoland area. Again, that is secondcitypicks.com. Super simple. Just go there, predict your score on your email. They'll send you a receipt. If you win, you get free food. That's it. Um, all right, picks click. Uh, Tone, you want to start this one off? Uh, yeah, let's go with hmm. let's go with TA. Um, no rhyme or reason. Just I want to see another bat flip at home again. You know, we've been trying to speak this into existence for a while now. Um, you know, just put another one out of the ballpark for me, Timmy. I like it. I'm gonna go Eloy because he's uh, struggled a little bit today, but a day of rest. You know, coming off missing a couple games, um, I'm gonna go Eloy on Tuesday. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna hit a dinger. I like it. I, I like both of those. I know Tony. We have been trying to speak that Tim Anderson thing into existence. Hopefully, uh, you bring some good juju since you are at the ballpark uh, on Tuesday for that. And I hope you do get to see that bat flip in person. Um, that would be excellent. But I'm gonna go with just like I did today. I wouldn't say necessarily click, but he did get a hit, so I'd feel a little bit better about that. I went with. Castillo then because he catches for Raylo. I'm going to go with James McCann, uh, Lucas Giolito's catcher. Um, I'm just going to ride that theme. So that's my only reasoning behind it. Uh, James McCann. I like it. Now, big question for you guys. Who's coming with me on Wednesday because we got Ross the boss on the mound? <sighs> Unfortunately, I would love to, Tone. <laughs> but unfortunately, I may be a little loopy due to my wisdom teeth being out. 
Uh, I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a shot, depending on what time I get out of prison, uh, a.k.a. the day job. I'll, I'll, I'll give it a shot. Um, so we're going to play that one by ear, because we know when we're together what Ross Detweiler does. Exactly. So I need one yeah. of you up there. I don't care, Johnny, I don't care if you're still all high, hopped up on, on whatever pain meds you've got. Wash it down with a beer. Um, <laughs> you'll be feeling real great. Oh, I'll, that's drive you. I'll drive you home. Um, it'll be a really good time. It's also Blackhawks night, John. It is Blackhawks night. That's why I'm upset. But yeah, I, I, we'll see, Tone, because the the operation is Monday. So uh, Wednesday night could be looking different than, you know, Monday night. So we'll see. Let's all wish Johnny some luck. Yeah, I'd love to be there for Blackhawks night. You know that. So A moment of silence for Johnny's wisdom teeth. I'm going to pour one out real quick. Pour one out. Only two of them, though. Only two of them have to go. So that's at least better than four. Uh, yeah, that's true. Mine are impacted. The dentist said I should take them out, but I am too much of a, I'm too much of a wimp to go and do it. So you know, just deal with it. Yeah, I'm just gonna deal with the pain. Yeah, hopefully, it just doesn't shift your jaw. That's what they're worried about with mine. But um, those two are coming out. Other two can stay in. So it's all right. I'll get was, through, it. I'll, get through your, it. I'll be back on the horse. That was your dental. 30 seconds right there brought to you by I don't know we're looking for a dentist sponsor so <laughs> maybe Johnny can talk to his dentist brought to you by Johnny Nani DDS yes. <laughs> we, can, we can talk to Johnny Nani's dentist DDS or whatever and he can sponsor the segment where we talk about our wisdom teeth on this show um, guys anything else for this one yeah one more thing one more thing that we uh, didn't do was give out a game ball oh yeah true game. true and if I could, I would like to give it to Raylo. And the reason I like to give it to Raylo is uh, a point that you made earlier in the show, Tony. The fact that he clenched and didn't uh, poo his pants on the mound today. <laughs> and he pitched effectively. Didn't drop a little Duke nuke as he was pitching. I'm going to give it to Raylo today. Because we know if he would have, you know, went to go for his windup and shake his leg a little bit and we saw a little Duke nuke fall out, we would have been in bad shape. So I'm glad that he uh, picked up the top. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> God. Everybody else, go ahead. I'm, I'm going Jose Abreu. Uh, yeah, oh, Jose Abreu, milestone, uh, two RBIs. Yeah. Um, the the thousandth, hit com- thousandth hit coming Saturday. Uh, that was awesome. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't get a win, so we don't really give out game balls for those. So uh, the hundredth RBI of the season today, too. So uh, I will give it to Jose as well. Can we make that a T-shirt? Raylo drops Duke nukes. Oh my gosh! I think we've had enough Sunday Fun Day here. Guys. <laughs> it's still getting a little too fun on Sunday Fun Day. Uh, yeah, guys, um, this was a good one. I, I always enjoy these, especially when we've got a win to talk about, and uh, especially when our pitchers um, on the mound that day um, battle through what Buzz called. <laughs> Called it. He battled through the Duke nuke, bro. Oh my gosh! I don't know if I'm ever going to actually use that term, so I'm just going to call it the Raylo flu game. The Raylo flu game. Anyway, Johnny, that's false. It was the Duke nuke game. Be sure to go on tapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. This was great. I love doing Sunday Fun Day. This is the third annual Sunday Fun Day. Third annual. <laughs> third week of Sunday Fun Day. I got to drop a Duke Nuke myself right now. So I just, I don't know what's going on around here. I had enough of you. 
Where's my Always leash? get to the ballpark prepared. Don't lose Buzz. Make sure you keep him on a child leash, restraint, whatever you want to call it. Um, I don't have anything else. We learned a lot tonight. Uh, my final word, uh, get out to Blackhawks tonight, Wednesday night. Hockey season just around the corner. You mix your two loves. Blackhawks hockey, White Sox baseball, guaranteed to be a good time. Um, see, let's go Hawks. And, they're a little looped up. Yeah, and White Sox forever. White Sox forever. White Sox forever.